0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily Weekend Edition, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today is Saturday, February 13th, 2021. Let's get into those crypto prices. Bitcoin is in at $47,021.62, down 1.4% from yesterday. Ethereum, $1,798.67, down 1.1%. Litecoin is screaming up to $211.42, up 11.6%. Chainlink. 3060, up 2.8%, and XRP, 59.9 cents, up 3.4%. The total market cap has also climbed up just a tad at $1.46 trillion, up 0.3% from yesterday. And the BTC dominance is at 60% even. With Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, Cardano, XRP at number 5 market cap, Polkadot number 6, Binance Coin number 7, Litecoin number 8, Chainlink and then rounding it off with Stellar. And moving into some headlines BNY Mellon, America's oldest bank, is flipping the script and they're going to bring crypto to its asset management business. And well, the crypto industry leader says this is a tipping point. They're calling this bullish, but the industry must work together to prove crypto is worthy of that trust, they cautioned. So, what happens if you hack $37 million in a DeFi heist? Well, you have $37 million minus $15,000 in transaction fees. Seems like a damn good trade, but hackers that heisted $37 million in DeFi had to pay $15,000 in fees to move that money around. Deutsche Bank is getting into the crypto asset management game. They're debuting a prototype for a cryptocurrency custody platform. It plans to move from custody for institutional investors on the platform all the way to issuance and trading. These plans are first mentioned in a December 2020 report from the World Economic Forum. It's quite possible we'll see that happen this year. Author of The Black Swan, Nassim Tlaib, says he's dumping his Bitcoin. And he's tweeted this. I've been getting rid of my BTC. Why? A currency is never supposed to be more volatile than what you buy and sell with it. You can't price goods in BTC. In that respect, it's a failure, at least for now. With that said, as far back as I can remember, Nassim Tlaib has been stacking sats. So he already has some cheap Bitcoin. So if he's selling now, I mean, yeah, he says it failed, but I promise you, well, in a lot of people, he's cashing out with a hefty profit, and he hasn't been doing bad with the sales of his book, so interesting that he says it's failed after he's cashing out with a huge profit. Did it really fail? I don't think so, but he has his opinion. If you guys remember back to my November, December of 2020 reporting, we were very curious to see if F 2.0 would even launch, well, from then until now, there are now 3 million ETH securing ETH 2.0. That's worth about $5.4 billion in today's prices. Everybody's saying that ETH 2.0 is the next step, the next generation in Ethereum blockchain. We're gonna have to wait to see. There are still throughput issues. There are still cost issues. Can ETH 2.0 take ETH to secure its fate? And now I wanna welcome on another listener of the Decrypt Daily, Ramon Veirino from Panama. And we're gonna talk crypto, why he's in it, what he sees for the future, and why he listens to the Decrypt Daily. Enjoy this conversation, and I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Yo, I put out the call to say, hey, if you're a listener of the show, hit me up. You said I'm in Central America. You're in Panama right now. I'm like, yo, we got some reach in Panama. That makes me real happy. It's very nice to meet you, sir. Before we get started with any other questions, tell me about yourself.
1: Okay, my name is Ramon. I'm 32 years old. Uh, I've been in crystals. I've known about Bitcoin since 2012, but I've actually never bought in. And funnily enough, it was my dad who actually reached out to me. It was like in 2016. He was like, "Yo, you know about this crypto crypto stuff and stuff and uh, about the Bitcoin stuff." And I was like, "Uh, "I don't know about that. I've heard about it." And he was like, "I'm getting an ATM in my office right now." So he's like he's a leader on it. He's like a, that's one great. Of the, you know, he was not early on, but kind of early on before you know the first real bull run came last time. And he was like, hey, let's buy, let's buy some, some you know, some Bitcoin and stuff. And I, uh, I actually, I didn't buy that time because my dad's always looking for the next big thing, and then he like he, he he just like finds it and then he moves on. So he like he moves on right right away. But he actually gave uh, $10 worth of it to my mom, and she's still holding that. So she has like, I don't know, like $600, $800 from that $10 back in 2016. I got into uh, Bitcoin actually in 2016 actually, but the, at the end of the year, cause my dad reached, reached out to me at the, uh, the beginning of the year. And um, I got obsessed with it, you know, obsessed with the tokenomics and um, I'm a really econ head. You know, I, I like economy I, I like the scarcity and I understand I like, I like inflation and all that. And um, it, it was my cup of tea and, you know, having scarcity on Bitcoin actually like draw. It was a draw for me seeing that like uh, many countries in Latin America were suffering of uh, inflation like Venezuela or Argentina going like the, their dollar, their version of their fiat money going into hell. And um, it's just very interesting. We in Panama, we use the USD. Um, so we're, we're kind of packed to the USA, but still like you get to see people from Venezuela going away from inflation. Coming to a country, building new lives because you know the lives that get destroyed because of inflation, and then Bitcoin was like this great hedge to get uh to get on board and you know trying to trying to hedge that.
2: You bring you bring up a good point, man, and and I I love that you're coming from the perspective of being down in Panama and you've seen a lot of uh, Latin America, you know, go through this inflation. What do you see as somebody that has you know historical knowledge of inflation? And if you juxtapose that to the United States of what we're doing right now with the U.S. dollar, do you see that there's similarities? Do you think that the consequence of the United States printing money could actually turn into a Venezuela or Argentina?
1: I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting point because right now, you know, inflation is this kind of this concept, like every year goes at least 2%. You know, you have to hedge for that. That's why you buy assets. So it grows like... You every year you try to upbeat that 2% that your your money is worth less. But there are a couple of theories out there, uh, the modern monetary theory uh, about inflation. If you, if you guys can look into that, you actually, that's a really good, um, interesting point, because right now we're desperate, right? So they're pumping 1.9 trillion more than they already pumped uh, in the USA. And we see that uh, the dollar is backed by nothing. And... Um, Countries like Venezuela, their dollar, their money was uh, backed by oil. And when fracking came on, you you started to see how the depreciation of you know having more quantities of oil easily to get from you could get uh, the the money wasn't worth because had it, it doesn't had a store of value. So what I see in the future, well, right now for the USA, I'm really like I think inflation is going to hit you know, maybe 8% for the coming years is going to be, you know, you're going to see that you're going to have to see it because they're pumping more money. And when people have more money or more of anything that they can easily get, they can easily buy. And when there's more on this side, you're going to have, you're going to be giving it away really easily. And you're going to start seeing prices go up because it's easier to get that dollar. It's just that simple economics. And then Bitcoin is actually a hedge for that because it has this capped um, circulating supply of 21 million and you have to actually get them and to get them it's really hard you have to have all this miners and stuff and it's just like you know the hardness of getting that is just gives it value so um what i see in the usa in the coming years is just inflation going over the roof and uh, we're actually going to see in place that uh that modern monetary uh theory because uh what they're doing there there if you don't mind me like just adding on to that is that um, is that they're actually thinking that inflation is actually something that we think about and we make it happen, but it's not actually something that happens, you know? So they're thinking like monet, uh, modern monetary theories is about pumping whatever amount, like the Fed can create trillions and trillions of dollars and just put it in the economy. We won't face inflation. That's what they're saying. And if they go that route, you won't pay taxes because they're you're going to be able to pay taxes whatever whatever the Fed is creating, but you're gonna you're gonna make you won't like the concept of scarcity is not going to be a play anymore. I live through the reality. The reality is that when you when you print more, you get more inflation and stuff starts to you know cost more and you're living, you're going to have to make more money to live. And it's just going to be, you know, like this uphill battle trying to get to that two percent, six percent, eight percent of inflation. And it's just like, you know, you know, the, the battle. And that's that's what people are hedging right now in Bitcoin. And I believe in Bitcoin because I think. I think inflation is real, you know, it's going to happen either way. You know, people have something like really easy in their hand. They're going to buy with it. They're going to buy stuff and then prices are going to go up.
2: Uh, so last question really quick is there's 2021 right here. We just started, you know, we see that crypto is getting a little bit more, um, let's say notoriety than it has in the past. You know, people yeah. like Michael Saylor, Elon Musk are coming in. We don't know who's the next person to come in, but we suspect more people are going to come in what do you predict for 2021? How do you think the price is going to be? Who do you think is going to be the players in the game? Where do you think we're going?
1: I was actually listening to your podcast a couple of days ago and you were talking about Oracle and Apple coming in, which is also like big players. We have to see that like below Elon Musk, we have a bunch of billionaires also putting money on it. There's a good podcast that came out today about uh, the Binance podcast and they they're not really regular with it but sometimes they have like this interviews they were talking to this hedge fund manager and he has like he has a fund or bitcoin or whatever and he's actually seen uh more billionaires coming in but really really like being hush about it they don't want people to know they're coming in what I think is that we haven't, like, COVID hasn't, like, ended yet, right? We're, we're still in the, not like in the, I don't know if in the middle, but it's going to last a year. We're still going to have a mass, we still haven't seen 1.9 trillion into the economy. So what I say is that Bitcoin has to keep going up. I'm, I don't like to be like a headless bull, you know, like it's going to go to a million dollars, but I know like 70,000 could be imminent, could be, could be an easy target from here, because, you know, it's just it's just like this many factors coming in. You have one topping on top of another and then they're going to give this a 1.9 trillion now. I don't know in six months. Maybe they're going to push, you know, another trillion in. And then we're going to see inflation and it's just going to be this play on big companies trying to hedge their treasury into something that doesn't affect them. And, and they have the holdings in cash. So I think uh, from here, 2021 at the end. I think we could see up 70,000 just being, you know, I don't want to be like a Super bull run. I know people are like, you know, 1 million or 200 and something, JP Morgan, all this crazy people. I say 70,000, and I think uh, it's a real it's a real target.
2: Ramon, listener from Panama, I want to say thanks for coming out and thanks for reaching out. And it's always great to meet people who will listen to the show and keep listening, man. I can't wait to have you back on to catch up in about six months to see what you're hodling and see what that price is and see if your prediction's spot on.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. I love the podcast. I can't wait to listen to today's podcast, actually.